following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and no way reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. I am Joe. I am your host every Tuesday evening right here on WNRI Broadcasting from Woonsocket, Rhode Island, the heart of the Blackstone River Valley on 99.9 FM, 1380 on the AM dial. And of course, Facebook Live, if we are Facebook friends, check us out, like the page, like uh, the video. And um, if you can in any way support our sponsors gmets moving and storage they will move and store your items your belongings as you need they can actually custom build uh, packaging for the valuables if you have instruments or works of art anything like that gmets moving and storage will take care of those for you Uh, they do a great job for all of their clients we appreciate everything that they've done for us and of course John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at First Home Mortgage. If you have a mortgage and you've had it for more than six months, give John a call because he may be able to save you some money. We have all of our clients go there, uh, our buyer clients, and even the ones who are not buying, we ask that they give John a call because he might be able to save you some money. 401-321-4401 is the number. That's John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at First Home Mortgage. We are actually going to be doing a, um, a home buyer class, John Dolbeck and I, uh, towards the end of the month of February, the last Thursday of month of February. I forget if that's the 25th or the 26th, but uh, we will be marketing that, sending out all the notices to everyone. If you know anyone who's thinking about buying a house in the next 12 months or so, Reach out. That's Joe Luca and John Dolbeck, home buyer class. And of course, we want to thank Anthony Betancourt and Beacon Title and Escrow for being a sponsor of the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. Uh, all of our closings go to Beacon Title and Escrow because they're great. Anthony's a friend of mine and he does the best job explaining every aspect of the closing to our clients, whether it's the buyer or the seller. You know, he does such a good job. Sometimes the sellers. When we represent the buyer, sometimes the sellers actually have him represent their side of the transaction, too. That's Beacon, Title, and Escrow. Anthony Betancourt is the managing partner. Rich Nicholson is the owner attorney. They have other attorneys on staff, too. Uh, They do a fantastic job. So let's get to it. The Joe Luca Real Estate Show. We're going to talk about some things that are very, um, I think, are really important. What I want to do is I want to spend a little bit of time talking about what makes a good realtor, what makes a good home inspector, what makes a good lender, um, and just giving you some pointers, things to look for, what you should, questions you should ask to determine if the person you're just meeting is good to work with, will be, you know, a, an, a value add to your transaction, Okay, Um, you know, there are lots of realtors out there. There are probably even more mortgage lenders out there when you include all the national companies. 
lots of home inspectors, um, and uh, lots of closing attorneys. But, you know, there's that old saying that, you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the business. And in the real estate side of things, probably 10% of us do 90% of the business. And that's especially significant. Well, it's always significant, but it's especially significant in times like this. If you're working with, if you're a buyer and you're working with a realtor who's not in that top 10%, you may be at a disadvantage because right now, I checked yesterday, there were 735 single family home listings in the state of Rhode Island. 735. Normally, we're about 2,400. That's, that's average. Okay, so you need to work with someone who has experience in trying to find the best listings as quickly as possible and getting you in as quickly as possible. That means responding to text messages, answering the phone, returning phone calls, getting back to you with emails, etc. All right, quick shout out to my dear friend, uh, Linda Rossi. She just tuned in on Facebook Live. Linda Rossi uh, and is one of the owners of Nettie's Kettle Corn. The best uh, gourmet popcorn out there, period. And it's right out of Rhode Island. Actually, right out of North Providence, Rhode Island. Um, Thank you very much for tuning in, Linda Rossi. And uh, thank you very much for owning a great company, Nettie's Kettle Corn. And then, of course, we work together at Remax Preferred. That's where I work, Remax Preferred. And my uh, partner and fellow realtor, Don Morano just tuned in on Facebook Live. Uh, thank you very much. Um, we all work at Remax Preferred in North Providence. We also have offices in Smithfield, Remax Properties. We have an office uh, in Pawtucket, another Remax Preferred. We have a Remax Town and Country in Cumberland, and then another Remax Properties in North Smithfield as well. You know, Remax is number one. No one in the world sells more real estate than Remax. So I just toot my own horn right there. Okay, so getting back to what is it that makes a good fill-in-the-blank? We're going to talk about good realtor, a good lender, okay? Now, we're going to talk first about realtor. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about realtors because I am one, and we talk about realtors a lot. But the realtor should be the first person you meet with, okay? And the realtor should be the person that you feel comfortable with, that you are able to communicate with and will communicate back with you. You know, I ask lots of questions when I first meet a client. Um, I was telling Dawn earlier today that I uh, have a new client that came in and she is she and her husband are looking to move back to Rhode Island. They grew up here. They live in San, San Francisco and they're looking to move back to Rhode Island. And I had a general idea of what they were looking for, but I had some other specific questions that I wanted to ask. And then after asking all of these, I actually had more questions because she raised some other issues that need a little bit more, uh, need to be refined. I need to hone in on exactly what she means by those. So I asked her to send me an email with pictures of other properties she's liked, things like that. And, you know, we've only had a relationship for about 24 hours, but we've communicated a tremendous amount of data points, a tremendous amount of information back and forth. So she knows how I operate. She knows I'm responsive and I know what she's looking for and I provide information to her. The first thing you need to be with your realtor is comfortable and the second thing you need to be is communicative. And then the realtor, if he or she 
understands you. They're going to direct you and guide you to other um, uh, service providers that you should use. The first one will be a lender. Okay, the person who provides your mortgage takes your mortgage application, reviews your mortgage application, asks questions, and then gives you the pre-approval or tells you what you need to do before they can give you a pre-approval. Okay, not everybody gets a pre-approval. Some people know they're not going to, but they take the step, and those are the smart people. You know, I had someone. She sent me a message, Joe. I'd love to buy a house, but my credit is terrible. I'll never qualify for a mortgage. So I said, you know what, that's okay because we have programs to help you improve your credit. That doesn't mean you're always going to have bad credit. You can change that. If you do what we tell you to do, you will improve your credit and then you will be financeable for a mortgage. So these are the things that a good realtor will do. He or she will listen and he or she will guide you to a good lender. Not every lender is good for every buyer. Some lenders are better with certain types of buyers, with certain types of mortgages. They're more knowledgeable in one area. Okay? So a realtor will provide suggestions for who you should be working with and why you should be working with that person. Not only because, you know, the, the last thing... Now, the last reason that a realtor should refer someone to someone else is for monetary compensation. That's in my personal opinion, but that's also um, in order to comply with certain laws and the code of ethics. You shouldn't do that, okay, as a realtor. Um, I refer people out all the time, and all I ask from those people that I'm sending, uh, to whom I'm sending my clients, is that they do a good job and treat my clients fairly, okay? I sell real estate. That's how I make my money. I don't make my money by referring out uh, business to people in other industries. Okay. So now a lender. So what does a good lender do? What are some things you should pay attention to when you're looking for a lender? Well, I'll tell you two things that are probably not the first things you should look at. The interest rate they can get you is probably not the first thing you want to be concerned with. And the fees are probably not the first thing that you should be concerned with. What you want to do is you want to talk to him or her, ask questions. What kinds of mortgages do you have experience with? And hopefully your realtor will give you some guidance on the types of mortgages you may need. You know, there have been several times when I have been aware of mortgage products that are available... That not only have my, have my colleagues been unaware of, but even some lenders have been unaware of. Why is that? Well, that's because I'm a good realtor. I keep myself informed. As Dawn knows, I'm always talking to people online, in person, reading, researching. That's what I do. A good mortgage lender will know and those of you that listen to this show every week have heard me say this before. And John Dolbeck, one of the reasons why he is such an awesome lender, in addition to being diligent and a, a submarine veteran, and so he has a great work ethic and knowledgeable um, and organized and pragmatic, he also is willing, if he has a client that he does not have the best product for that client or does not have a product at all, mortgage product, he will refer them to someone else. Very few 
mortgage people do that because they only make money when they do loans. So if they refer someone out, that month they're never going to make money from that client. If they say, well, if you come back in six months, well, the client won't be able to buy a house for six months, but they'll be able to make a com- more money from do- processing the mortgage. John Dolbeck doesn't think that way. He puts the clients first, whatever is best for the client. And that's why I like John. John. And that's another reason, another thing that you should look for when meeting with a lender. Quick shout out to Pauline Moyen. Hello, Pauline. Thank you for tuning in. And Elvira Protano, definitely tuning in. Okay, just want a quick announcement from Elvira. She's running a 50-50 for taxis and $5 a ticket's. Uh, put up to tw- pot is up to two hundred dollars already. Winner will be announced on April fifteenth. So it's a fifty fifty raffle, and this is for her uh, charity. So folks, if you are interested in learning more about that, uh, reach out to me on Facebook, or you can call me four zero one five eighty ninety seven ninety seven. Getting back to the lenders. So lenders, you want a lender that's going to listen to you and ask you questions because. Not every buyer's situation is the same. So if you have a buyer who's self-employed or if you have a buyer that has a very stable job, let's say works for the state or works for, uh, you know, has been working for the same company for a very long time. Those are two different kinds of buyers. What if you have someone that um, works in the food and beverage industry right now? Okay, there are a lot of lenders that won't even touch someone who works in the restaurant business. Okay, you need to ask these questions ahead of time. Okay, ask the lender: Are you are you um, experienced working with someone who gets a lot of tips or cash payments for their services? Hairdressers, bartenders, servers. Okay. Um, if it's someone who's, if you're looking to do a VA loan, not all lenders, yes, every, almost every lender can, quote unquote, do a VA loan. But whether or not they know how to do a VA loan well is something else. You know, I just rece- um, received my designation for the military relocation professional, as did Don. So we now are, uh, we have the designation to work with active military who may be looking to relocate because they get their PCSing, okay, permanent change of station. And they have a set of very particular needs on the lending side, on the mortgage side, as well as on the real estate side, okay. I know my side of things and I know a lot about the mortgage side of things as it pertains to real estate. If you're a veteran... We have special programs for you and incentives along with our lenders and Beacon Title and Escrow. Um, So give us a call, 401-232-4300. That's the number for Don Morano and Joe Luca, 401-232-4300. And we'll help you out if you're a veteran. If you're looking to buy a house in a rural area, you know, I have a client that is uh, looking and down payment well i don't know if i have enough money for a down payment i said well i said if we look in these towns over here you don't need any down payment because it's 100 percent financing the usda program is a rural district loan it's the u.s department of agriculture okay so they're looking to do things in 
farming communities. Okay, so those loans are not available in cities like Woonsocket, Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls, or towns like North Providence and Johnston. But when you get into more rural areas like Boroughville, North Smithfield, Smithfield, Lincoln, Cumberland, you can get a USDA loan. All right. It's important to work with a lender who's aware of this. It's important it's important to work with a lender who understands numbers and how why they can so they can explain to you the benefits of buying a house now and not quote unquote waiting until the market crashes, unquote. We don't know if or when the market is going to crash. Okay, if I could tell the future I wouldn't have to sell real estate. One thing that's important is to know what you're getting involved in. A good mortgage lender can explain the the data points, the number side of things <clears throat> about buying a $335,000 house, which is the median price for a single family home now, compared to a $174,000 house, which was the median price of a home in 2000. Okay, we're almost double what it was, but believe it or not, your mortgage payment is a lower percentage of your income today than it was back then because interest rates are so much lower. A good mortgage lender understands that and will be able to demonstrate, to explain that to you. Okay. Something else that a good mortgage lender will be able to do is they'll be able to answer questions clearly so that you can understand them, so that you don't have to have a finance or an accounting degree to know what they're talking about. Okay, one of the things that I pride myself on is I don't have to use 50-cent words to get my point across. I certainly can do that. I was, I was an English literature major. But I try not to do that because most people don't use 50-cent words and my objective is to communicate effectively. So I have to give them information in a way that they can easily understand it. They don't want to have to go and get a, go to dictionary.com and look up the words that I'm using. That's not cool. Okay, the same thing with a lender. You want a lender who will explain something to you. And then if they see that you're not comprehending it, understanding it, they'll revisit it and explain it differently. Because you as a consumer, you need to be comfortable with every aspect of the transaction, buying and selling real estate. So if you're a home buyer and you're meeting with a lender, whether you're a first-time home buyer or not, you need to understand everything that's going on. And if you're not a first-time home buyer, I will bet you that buying a home today is very different than it was the first time you bought a home. Because there are, there's a lot more paperwork now than there was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Okay. Usually have a stack of paperwork, especially if you're doing like, you know, a Rhode Island housing or a mass housing loan. One of those loans where there's no money down, you'll have multiple mortgages. A lot of paperwork to sign. And you need someone that will explain all of that to you, like Anthony Betancourt and Be at Beacon Title and Escrow, like they do. 
And he'll point out, yes, it seems like I'm telling you the same thing for this document that I told you for that other document two pages before. That's because this is for another mortgage for your down payment or whatever the case may be. Okay, why am I signing this form for the, for the IRS, Anthony? Anthony will explain that to you. You should not have any questions lingering in your mind at the end of the closing. They should all be answered. You're spending a lot of money. Okay, when you're meeting with your lender, ask them how accurate are your closing cost estimates? How frequently do you have to do adjustments? Now, there are laws that the adjustments they make have to be very minimal, but occasionally they're not. Sometimes mistakes are made. Well, how often do you make mistakes, Mr. and Mrs. Lender? What is your underwriting department like? How long do they typically take to review a file? Now, that can vary quite a bit depending upon the transaction, but generally speaking, for a standard loan, the answer should be pretty straightforward. One of the reasons that a lot of realtors don't like working with the big banks and the national mortgage companies is because the underwriting department is not where the lender is, and it's usually far away from where we are. And they many times do not communicate effectively. So if you go to a big national bank and the lender is right here on Rhode Island, the loan officer, the underwriting department might be down south. Okay. The closing department might be somewhere else. Okay. These are things that can make a difference. So you want to ask questions. And if you work with a good lender, you can avoid a lot of surprises, a lot of delays, a lot of annoyances. The easiest way to find a good lender is to use the person that your good realtor suggests, the, good, the person that your good realtor refers you to. And that's why if you're working with a realtor who's in that top 10%, we do a lot of business. We feed a lot of people. We refer a lot of business to lenders. So we know who's good and who's not. You know, sometimes people come in. I have a listing. A buyer comes in. They're pre-approved with a different lender that I may not know. Then I get to see how that lender handles their client. You know, about it a year, a year and a half ago, I had a situation where um, I, actually, I had a buyer and the buyer came in already pre-approved with someone I had never done business with before. It's a national company. They have local offices. And I was just having a hard time. You know, I'd send emails. I'd make calls. I wouldn't get responses from the beginning. And I asked him, I said, listen, do you really know I really want to work with this company? Okay, fine. So during a home purchase, there are deadlines that you need to adhere to. And if you miss those deadlines, the client, the buyer's deposit can be at risk. So the last thing that I want to do is have my buyer lose their deposit because we miss a deadline. So I'm going to be all over that deadline. And I start a week out. How are we looking? How are we looking? How are we looking? We're going to hit the deadline. And the first deadline that we need to have is a mortgage commitment letter. Okay. That means that the house appraised and 
the bank is comfortable with the condition of the property and the value of the property, and they're comfortable with the credit worthiness of the buyer and his or her finances, so that they say, yep, based on these two sets of data, we will commit to giving a mortgage for this transaction. Now, that doesn't mean there's a clear to close. That's something different because the buyer could lose his or her job before closing and then the mortgage would go away, but then the buyer would also lose his or her deposit. Or may lose his or her deposit. Okay. Um, so, deadlines are important. When I have a client and I call the client's lender, and again, this was someone I did not refer them to, and I would never refer someone to this lender again, um, I wasn't getting return phone calls. And I was like, I sent emails, I sent text messages. Listen, we have a deadline next Tuesday for the mortgage commitment letter. How are we looking? Crickets. I don't hear anything back. Same day, next day I do the same thing. The day after that, same thing. Never, never hear anything. So I literally, last, it was probably a year, year and a half ago, I called up on a Tuesday morning and I left a message on the loan officer's voicemail saying, listen, this is who I am. This is what I'm calling about, this transaction. I need to know today whether or not we're going to get a mortgage commitment letter for this buyer. If I do not get a return phone call today on my radio show later on today, I will let all of my listeners and viewers on Facebook know how responsive blankety blank company is to their clients. Surprise, surprise, I received a return phone call in 40 minutes. I've been waiting six days to get one. I had to threaten them. I don't like doing that. So why would I want to use that Lender again. Oh, and it's the loan officer and they have this assistant and that assistant, this whole list of people that are such a great team. Doesn't mean anything to me if they don't return my phone calls, texts, or emails. Because I'm looking out for my client. They may not clear about care about their client, but I do. And that really gets you know, my I, that works my nerves, as my friend used to say, when something like that happens. You know, I look, my clients, I, they're kind of like my kids, and I'll do what I have to to defend them and fight for them. Never have to do that with John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at First Home Mortgage. John Dolbeck sends me information, like, early. Joe, this is what's going on with this. Where are we, gonna, where are we with that? We're going to need the plans for that new construction. Are they? Yep, I'll get that for you. That's how John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team work. They don't have 72 people on their, on their you know, signature line of their emails talking about how great they are. They just do it. They get it done. That's what a good lender is. That's what a good mortgage company does. And again, if you're working with a realtor who's in that top 10%, does a lot of business, listen to what they say about lenders. Go to the person that they refer you to because I guarantee you he or she will be good because they're not going to work with someone who's not good, who's not responsive, who doesn't have a lot of experience putting loans together. Listen, folks, not everybody has 800 FICO scores, makes 100000 bucks a year, and has a 20% down payment, okay? 
So don't be feel self-conscious if you don't. Most transactions have lots of surprises. Most people have situations on their credit reports. Most people do not have big down payments. And those that have the money don't want to put commit all that money to a down payment. So don't be, as I said, um, uh, shy or timid about that or embarrassed. My job is to get those tough deals done. I like challenging deals. Now, don't get me wrong. I won't turn business away if it's a nice, easy deal. Oh, here's we're going. We've got unlimited resources. We have great credit. We want and we buy the first house we're going to look at. Yeah, fine. That happens once in a blue moon, and I love it. But I also love the deals that are challenging, the situations that are tough. That's what keeps life interesting. And it's also much more rewarding for me as a realtor when we're at the closing table and they are now a homeowner. Okay. After the lender, okay, you get pre-approved, we find a house, you're under contract. The next thing we're going to have to do is you got to get an inspection. Now, of course, with my buyers, I try to point out while we're looking at things, I point things out in the house that could be an issue or may be flagged by the home inspector. That way my client knows ahead of time. They can say, you know what, there are too many red flags in this house. I don't want to put an offer in. Or yes, there are two red flags, not a big deal. We'll, we'll handle it. Getting a home inspector who is good, reliable. All a home inspector is supposed to do, folks, is a home inspection is like a snapshot of the house on a specific day at a specific time. So if you have your home inspection on Thursday, February 4th at 2 o'clock, the home inspection is going to be the condition of the property at that time specifically. It may have been different the day before. It may be different the day after, the week after, a month after. Things change. There could be a flood. A tree could fall down and do something to the foundation or the roof or whatever. The earth could shift. Anything could happen. We don't know. But the purpose of a good home inspector is to communicate the condition of the property on that day and at that time and not tell you how much it's going to cost to repair something that needs repair. Because the home inspector is not there as a contractor. He or she is there as a home inspector. They're just reporting on things that you as a consumer may not know to look for or to look at or may not know how to look at things like that. Home inspectors are also great for first-time home buyers because a good home inspector, the home inspectors that I refer my clients to, not only do they give you a report that's a snapshot of the condition of the home on that day, They give you a free education about what it's going to be like to own this home. These are the things a homeowner has to take care of. So in this particular home, Mr. and Mrs. Home Buyer, if you go on vacation, you want to 
turn the water off to the washing machine. So you don't have to worry about the hoses bursting and then coming home to a room full of water damage. If you're going to turn the water uh, off to the hot water tank, turn off the gas service too so it doesn't continue to heat up and then you have a rocket shooting through your house okay when the water that's in there boils off if in the flame is going on it just gets really hot it will explode and shoot up through the roof they teach you these things a lot of people don't think about it now most people don't turn off the water to their hot water tank but a little bit of information can be dangerous and a good home inspector communicates that to buyers. Okay? That's why I refer my clients to Hank Richter and Home Pro Inspections, Steve Lombardi at Tiger Inspections in Massachusetts, or Bob Miranda at Home Safe RI. Those are the three guys I use. There are other good ones out there. Those are the guys I've, I have used. They're reliable. Um, so that's why I continue to use them. Okay, so a good home inspector is going to communicate a lot of information. Now, what a, a, even the best home inspection service cannot do is they don't have x-ray vision. So they can't see what's going on inside walls. They can't see behind wall coverings like paneling. They can't see in areas that they don't have access to. Okay. I'll give you a personal example. When I sold my uh, house, uh, I had a, a ton of crap in my attic, as my wife will attest, and as she hounded me about for many, many months. Um, there was so much stuff there that the home inspector, he didn't have access to all parts of my attic because it was full of stuff. Now, there was nothing that he really needed to see because, it, um, of course, I know that. Um, but he could not say that the attic was in great shape because he didn't see the whole attic. He can only report on what he or she can see as a home inspector. Now, home inspectors, you know, I know Hank Richter, he's a big guy. He's like six something, you know, six four, six five, big guy, couple hundred plus pounds. I'll tell you, I've seen him get into some pretty small spaces. But even a small guy can't get into all the spaces. So if it's a crawl space, if it's certain parts of the attic, they can't see that, so they can't report on it. Okay? They can't... You could pay someone to do a chimney inspection. Most home inspections do not have the home inspector getting up on the roof of a three-decker house. And a lot of this varies by house. If you're talking about the chimney on a cape, okay, that might be covered. But the chimney on a three-decker house, it's, they're not going to get up on that roof. Okay. A lot of it has to do with health, welfare, things like that. Okay. They can inspect a septic system. They can, in uh, certain times of year, you can have pools inspected. Obviously, if there's a pool, an in-ground pool now or any pool now, it's not going to be, you can't inspect it. Just like you can't inspect a heating system in the middle of July when it's 95 degrees out. The heat's not going to kick on. A good inspector will explain all of that 
So you know, so you are aware of what it is. Okay. Good home inspectors are very, very important because they can kill a deal by scaring the buyer away, telling the buyer, oh, I would never do this. Well, this, this is unheard of and this, you know, this is going to cost you thousands of dollars. Well, the home inspector does not know that. Even if they do, you're not being paid to provide quotes to replace a septic system or replace a chimney or whatever it may be. Now, they could report, yes, this diagonal crack in the foundation is not good. You should consult with a structural engineer. This horizontal crack is not a big deal. You may want to consult with something, but it does not appear that it's anything serious. Usually the vertical and horizontal are not a problem. It's the diagonal ones that are something that are a red flag. A good home inspector will do that. They're not an alarmist. They're just conveying information, educating the consumer. You know, when you have, like, the guys that I use, they've been in over 10, each one has been in over 10,000 homes, done over 10,000 inspections. So think about that for a minute. If each inspection takes, let's just say, two hours, that's a lot of time crawling around a house, taking pictures, writing reports. All right? So a good home inspector is very important. The best way to find a good home inspector is to work with a good realtor. A realtor who's in the top 10% who does a lot of business because he or she is going to know who does a good job. And they'll say you should call this person or that person or one of these three. That's how you can do it. So again, folks, the first choice you make working with a good realtor makes the subsequent choices that much easier. Okay. After you have the home inspection, okay, then the bank will order the appraisal. As a consumer, you have no uh, say over who is going to do the appraisal, nor does the realtor, nor does the, lend- the loan officer. Okay, the appraiser will reach out to either the builder directly or to the listing agent. And they'll go and do their home inspection. I mean, excuse me, their um, appraisal inspection. After that, okay, this is the point where maybe you would want to work. Uh, you start lining up your mover, determining what's going to go to the new house. Do you need to buy new furniture? Anything that you need to buy, do not buy on credit. Not even any period of time, same as cash. You do not do that until after the closing. So if you're buying a house and you need to get a bedroom set so that you can sleep in there when you move in, you do not buy that bedroom set on credit until after the closing. Credit is anything you have to fill an application out for and give your social security number for. So it's five years, same as cash. Six years, that is still a debt that you owe. And the lender, they always pull credit right before the closing, you know, the day or two before closing, just make sure that the buyer didn't do anything foolish. And when you go out and put $30,000 of furniture on credit, that will kill the transaction. And you will lose your deposit. 
okay? These are things that can be problematic. That's why I, as a realtor, communicate this to my clients. A good lender will communicate that to the client. So if you're going to do that, tell them not to do anything, not to pull credit until you call them. Say, listen, I'm going to buy this. Here's a deposit. Put it aside for me. We'll do the financing portion after I come in the next time. The furniture you do have, the belongings you do have, they need to go from your existing house to your new home. That's where you call a good mover. Now, movers, you know, they're like everything. There are good movers and there are bad movers. Um, and there are people, sometimes even good movers can't make everybody happy. Sometimes even good realtors, good attorneys can't make everybody happy. Some people just refuse to be happy. But the chances of having a bad experience if you're working with a good realtor, a good lender, a good attorney, a good mover are much less than if you're working with a mover that you know nothing about that's not referred to you. That's why I refer my clients to GMETs Moving and Storage. You know, I've known George Metz about a decade. I can't believe it. Okay, a long time. And I know how he operates. And if you listen to this show, you've heard me say he moved my parents back to Rhode Island from New Hampshire. And then he moved them from, the house, from that house to another house in Rhode Island. Okay. Did a great job. You know, they have fancy artwork and a big expensive, you know, a big heavy piano. No problems. Okay. No problems at all. That's GMET's moving in storage. Because you want a mover, one who has their own trucks that they own. Best way to tell if they own their own trucks is they've got their name on the trucks. And then you want the trucks to be well maintained. Okay, you don't want to look. You you don't want a, a mover that has trucks that they just looks like they just brought them out of the junkyard. They're all dented, rusty. Nice clean trucks. Okay, a mover that has experience moving furniture, residential furniture. Why is that important? Because you know a lot of times, believe it or not. It's a, it's a challenge to get a piece of furniture into a house or into certain rooms. And you need to know right away how to make that piece of furniture move so that it gets around the corner. So you don't dent things up, put holes in the back of sofas, things like that. I know a little bit about this because when I was a kid, I delivered pianos when I was a teenager. I worked in the family business and I delivered pianos. And there were times when we would get there and you've got this 800 pound piano and it's got to go up two flights of stairs and then at the top of the stairs how are you going to make it around that corner i know how to do that because we did it you know ten thousand times it's the same thing with a mover they know how to move fancy challenging heavy pieces of furniture you don't want somebody to learn on your job you don't want them to say, oh, I've never seen this before. You want them to say, oh, all right, now this is going to be tough, just so you know, uh, Mr. or Miss Buyer. This is going to be a challenge. We can get it done, but it's going to take a lot of time. Time is money, okay? Movers get paid by the hour, just so you know, folks. 
And they start billing when they leave the garage, and they stop billing when they return to the garage. So if I'm moving from point A to point B, and it's a thousand feet down the same road, I may think, well, it's only going to take two hours for them to load up the truck and two hours to unload it. Yeah, but if they're going to start billing you from the time they leave their garage. That might be a half hour each way. So now it's not going to just be four hours. It's going to be five hours at so many dollars an hour. They usually have a minimum. So if you're asking them to move one thing for you, they're probably going to bill you for two hours of service. But the good thing is when you're working with a reputable, experienced mover, they're going to communicate all of this to you up front. So you have the information in front of you. You can make a decision, an intelligent decision. Okay. I know right, it's going to cost me 750 bucks to move grandma's etage, but I don't want it to break, so I'll spend the money on it. And there you go. That's why it makes sense to work with a good mover and how do you find a good mover? Again, go back to square one. Listen to your realtor who's in the top 10%, who does a lot of business. They know who the good ones are. I like George Metz and G Metz Moving and Storage. They do a great job. And again, I've known them for 10 years. Okay. Closing attorneys, you know, uh, escrow companies, they're, they're called different things in different states. Um, there are lots of good I'll say this up front there are a lot of good closing attorneys out there Okay, I like Beacon Title and Escrow but, I, but I'll say there are other ones who are good too Glenn Andrioni does a great job Stella Guerra does a great job these are folks that I've done closings with in the past when um, it is appropriate Okay, when the client knows them I've also done closings with other attorneys that clients have insisted on using because they went to school with him or their father knows this one or that one. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm very, um, I sit there and I, I listen and I'm very respectful and they're very nice people and they know their stuff. But when they're explaining the contract, the pages of pieces of paper to the buyer, and they're spending about two and a half seconds on every page just so they can flip through it. They're overlooking. They're not doing the client a good service. Okay. Quick shout out to my friend, Deb Houghton. Hello, Deb. She just tuned in on Facebook Live. Deb's another awesome realtor from Remax Preferred. She's actually one of the top 10 individual agents in our company. So hello, Deb. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so getting back to closing attorneys, you want a closing attorney that will explain things to you, answer questions. You know, I convey to my client, my buyers and sellers, any question that you think you have, not even if you're sure you have a question, ask the question. To me during the process, to John Dolbeck at First Home Mortgage during the lending when you're getting pre-approved, the home inspector, and then the closing and escrow company. Now in Rhode Island, it's not Required by law that the closing be conducted by an attorney. Okay. There can be non-attorneys who can actually conduct the closing. 
I've been at uh, closings where um, there have been non-attorneys conducting closings who don't know what they're doing. I've been at closings when there have been attorneys who are conducting the closing that don't know what they're doing. Okay, Just because they're an attorney does not mean that they know what they're doing when it comes to real estate. Nice people, smart attorneys, they may not be the best people for the job. Okay, Beacon title and escrow. Anthony can conduct the closing. He's not an attorney, but I'll tell you what. I'll put him up against any of these other attorneys and at these many of these other closing companies, and he knows just as much and does a better job for the client than these other attorneys will do. But if you have legal questions, legal issues, you've got one of the smartest guys in the state, Rich Nicholson, who is an attorney, and then there are other attorneys on staff that you can refer to as well. So again, how do you find a good closing escrow company? Listen to your realtor. If you're working with one of the top, uh, you know, 10% of realtors in the business, they're going to know who the good closing attorneys are, the good closing and escrow companies are. And again, there's not just one, there's not just two, there are lots of good ones. You know, it doesn't make sense for someone, if we're doing a transaction in Cumberland, Woonsocket, Blackstone, Bellingham to go to a closing attorney down in South County. So I generally keep work with the closing attorneys like Beacon Title and Escrow up here. All right. If I had a closing for a house in Westerly, which is extremely unlikely, I probably wouldn't make them drive all the way up to Smithfield to go to Beacon Title and Escrow. Okay. But a good closing attorney is good, not only for the actual closing, but for everything leading up to the closing. They need to know what to look into. They need to research the property, the title, the deed. Look at all this stuff and not just gloss over it. They need to look at it. You know, one of the things that I really like about Anthony is because he has a background on the mortgage side of things... Not only does he handle the title portion of it, you know, the, that part of the closing, he can look at the information, the data coming in from the lender, whether he's representing the buyer or the seller. And if something is amiss, he'll flag it. He'll raise the issue. Because if something is amiss, it's going to become an issue. It's just a matter of when. If Anthony can identify something early in the process, get it resolved then, as opposed to something coming up the day before the closing or at the closing or even worse, post-closing. You don't want anything coming up post-closing, especially when the seller is moving far away or something like that. This is another reason why it's important to work with a good closing and escrow company. Beacon Title and Escrow, Anthony Betancourt, that's who I use. That's who I like. Len Andrioni does a good job. Stella Guerra does a good job. Stella also does closings in Spanish. Okay. So if I have a, a client who speaks no English, and I have an interpreter, so if I have a client that speaks no English, I can muddle through in Spanish. I can understand more than I can speak. But I have an interpreter that is fluent in Spanish. And she helps me communicate with them. Okay. That's 
service. That's what I do for my clients. Because I tell everybody when I first meet my clients, folks, you're the boss. I work for you. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. On the buyer side or the seller side, my job is to give you as much value from your real estate transaction as possible. And that's what a good realtor will do. We started out talking about realtors. I'm going to wrap it up quickly. A good realtor adds value to the transaction. It's up to you, the consumer, to accept the information, the value that they're adding. Sometimes people don't like to do that. You know, um, <clears throat> Deb and I were... Uh, a month ago or so, we were talking about a listing, and you know, and, and the client thought that their house was worth X, and Deb and I thought it was worth X minus Y. They insisted on X, and then, you know, I think Deb was proven right at some point. I'm not going to say any more than that. I not actually, I don't think I know. Um, you know, listen to your realtor. They're, if you want a realtor that's just going to tell you everything you want to hear, say it up front. You know, just say, hey, Joe, listen, I don't care what you say. I just want you to tell me what I want to hear. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what the market says. Tell me what I want to hear. So what's my house worth? Is it worth 700000 I'm probably not going to say yes because one thing I do is I tell it like it is. I may say... No, it's not, but if you want to list it for that, we will, and I will be proven right. And I'll tell you what, folks, there have been very few times where I've been proven wrong. There have been very few times where any realtor like myself, like Deb, somebody that's experienced doing a lot of business, has been proven wrong. Someone that's passionate about the industry, like Don Morano, my partner, like she does a great job. She understands the market. She understands the product, real estate. Okay. So, folks, you had a quick overview tonight, or a brief, I guess, about what makes a good realtor, what makes a good lender, what makes a good home inspector, and what makes a good closing attorney, and what makes a good mover. And the hub around which everything is built is the good realtor. So choose well, I want to thank everyone very much for tuning in tonight. We will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel right here on WNRI 99.9 FM 1380 on the, AM, uh, 1380 on the AM dial and on Facebook Live. Thank you very much, and we will check you out. You check us out. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Mm-hmm.